Thanks for joining us at Warehouse Church. We would love for you to stay connected, and a great way for you to do that is to simply subscribe to this podcast. You can also stay connected throughout the week by checking out our website, warehousechurch.com, or by visiting our Facebook or Instagram pages. From wherever you are listening, we hope that you are encouraged by this week's message. Good morning, Warehouse Church. Now talk about going old school on a song to get us started today. Because if you feel like giving me a lifetime of devotion, I second that emotion. Hey, if you can name that song in our thread today on Facebook and you're part of Warehouse Church, live in this area, we will send you a $10 Starbucks card today. We've had winners over the past two weeks that have enjoyed a little bit of Starbucks, having a little fun with this. I'll give you a hint. It's not, it has not been sung in most of your lifetime. It's an old song, but it's a good one. So hey, anyway, we're glad you're here today. Um, Really appreciate the great response that the church has had uh, over the past few weeks online, not only on Sunday, but on Wednesdays. A little over a week ago, we talked with Pastor Yurik from Fresh Start Church in New Jersey. And then also this last week, Uh, Last Wednesday, Kim and I uh, did our talk with you while we were on vacation at the beach, but we still wanted to stay connected with you, and we sure enjoyed that opportunity to talk and pray, go over our verse for the week, and to spend some time with you on uh, last Wednesday night, and we're going to look forward to doing that with you again this Wednesday night. Now, guys, keep in mind that on June 17th, 18th, and 19th, it's not too late for you today to sign up for the Warrior Conference. It's gonna be an online experience. It'll be at home on Wednesday and Thursday of that week, and then we're gonna gather here together at the church for a barbecue, and we're gonna share that last night of the conference together. It's $45, that's just the price for the conference. We're gonna feed you because we love you, and we wanna see the guys get together Social distancing and all necessary safety measures will be taken, but we sure hope that you can be a part of that very special night that's coming up very, very soon. So, you know, we're doing this series called Emotions in Motion, and I'm still amazed at the timing that God has allowed some of these messages to fall in place uh, for, uh, you know, our time today, uh, what's happening this week, what's happened last week. Uh, Last week we talked about anger and we talked about how we're supposed to react and respond instead of just uh, not having control over our emotions. And I think it's been a great reminder through this whole series that God is a God, our God, the only God, the only true and living God. And God has expressed in scripture many, many times how he felt or his emotions. And because you and I were made in the image of God, we are going to experience some of those same things. Now, we're not perfect like God is, and some of our emotions start off because of of our weaknesses, and we talked about that a little bit. But it's so comforting to know that it's not wrong for me to feel the, the way that I feel about things, right? It's, but, but what I have to make sure that I'm doing is, is that I'm responding and reacting properly to those things. Like last week we talked about, be angry, but don't sin, right, as the, as the word of God taught us. Well, today we're gonna talk about choosing faith over fear. 
And I'm going to read with you. I'm not going to read the whole passage now, but throughout, as I share some of these uh, thoughts with you, with you this morning, we're going to be in Psalm chapter 91. Now, Psalm 91 uh, historically was written by Moses, but was gathered by King David as he wrote many of the Psalms himself also. And when you understand the journey that Moses had leading the children of Israel out of Egyptian bondage into a journey that was heading towards the promised land, but winding up staying in the desert wandering for 40 years because of the sin of the children of Israel. And this happened when Moses was 80 years old, when he led the children of Israel out of Egyptian bondage and slavery. <clears throat> but he writes this psalm, and a lot of things he's going to talk about here is his response to fear. So let me, before I get into the scripture this morning and, and start sharing these things, I want to ask you a question. What is it that, that causes you the most fear or, or, or makes you the most afraid? Can you think of a time in your life that you were the most scared? Uh, I tried to think of some times in my life when I was most scared as an individual this week as I was putting this together. And then even times when I was the most scared uh, since, since Kim and I uh, have, have started our lives together 35 years ago. And I think the most fear that I can remember ever feeling in my life, uh, one was a car accident when I was 18 years old and there was a person that died in that accident and I was uh, one of the drivers and it was kind of a scary time because we didn't know what had happened for a long, long time, and we'd have cell phones and things like that, so uh, it was just a scary, scary night, thinking about my future, wondering if it was this my fault, was this somebody else's fault, but honestly, I think the most scared I've ever been in my life is when uh, Kim was expecting Kelsey, and she had surgery, and I've talked about this in church uh, many times, I'm sure, but she had uh, her gallbladder uh, had uh, she had an attack and it was getting ready to explode and the doctor told us that if we don't take Kim back for surgery right away and if her gallbladder did explode or whatever, I don't even know the proper terminology but that's how I understood it, uh, that she could die and so could our baby. And it was a pretty scary time. I remember sitting uh, in the waiting room uh, it was kind of a little small cafeteria waiting room area waiting for them to come out and tell me how she was after the surgery. And I saw the picture of Jesus. It was St. John's Hospital in Springfield, Missouri. And it was a huge wall mural of Jesus. And I was sitting there. I think I bought a cup of coffee and maybe something to snack on. And I just couldn't eat it. I was just so anxious and sitting there. And I was just kind of doing a why God. I don't understand this. And I was very afraid what my life would look like if my wife was not going to be a part of my life anymore. And I was scared. I was really scared. I had two girls, raising them by myself. I just couldn't even imagine doing that. And I couldn't imagine her not being part of my life. And that was a very fearful thing for me uh, to go through. Uh, I've experienced my wife uh, having fear uh, in different things. She's been strong uh, through so many things. But about two years ago, we were on vacation it's actually a year and a half ago, in Las Vegas, and we went to the Hoover Dam, and we were walking across the bridge of the Hoover Dam, and I just kind of got ahead of her a little bit, and I turned around, and she was clinched up to the fence because she was so scared, and she kind of, I don't know if she forgot or I didn't know or what the deal was, but she was deathly afraid of heights, and she couldn't walk across the whole bridge with me. And I remember that she was shaking, and, and there's something I remember that happened, and I learned something that day. 
Uh, I, I told her, I said, honey, it's safe. People, I, I said all the things that, that, I, that, that I guess I sh- thought I should say to help her overcome that fear. And she said this to me, and I, and I really, I learned something from that. She said, don't tell me how I'm supposed to feel. We had, that com- we had the, the conversation a week and a half ago uh, with Pastor Yurik, uh, and, and one of the comments that someone said to us that day, people don't want to be told how they're supposed to feel. And, and I get that, and I understand that part of our emotional makeup where we respond to things differently. So there might be some things that, that I'm fearful of that you're not fearful of, and vice versa. And, and we're not here to tell you how to feel about things, right? I'm not telling you don't be afraid. I'm not telling you don't get angry. I'm not telling you don't uh, have, have joy, as we talked about a few weeks ago. But what I'm here to tell you is, is that we can have faith over fear, and our faith can help us uh, to, to conquer some of the fears that we have in our life. And this is what I want to share with you today. We can replace fear with faith, and I'm going to give you some reasons because of that today. We can replace fear with faith because, number one, the Lord is our security. The Lord is our security. Verses 1 and 2, Psalm 91, it says, Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God. And this is a huge, huge statement right here. In whom I trust. Let me say something for you this morning. You can trust God. But I want you to say it with me. I want you to say, I can trust God. Say that with me. I can trust God. Write that in your comment bar today. I can trust God. Make it very personal for you this morning. You see, me saying I can trust God and you saying I can trust God is two different things because our lives represent different journeys. And there's some things that I've gone through in my life that maybe you don't understand, and the same with you, but where I've learned in those situations that I can trust God, that he is our fortress, he is our deliverer, and he's never going to leave us or forsake us. God's word says in Psalm 28 and verse number seven, the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him. Now listen to this, and I am helped, right? My heart trusted in him, therefore, because I trusted in him, he helped me. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoices, and my song, I will praise him. He's our security. He's our security. What makes you feel secure? You know, um, when our grandkids come over the house, we... uh, we have, we're very, very blessed. We get to see our grandkids on a regular basis. We all live in the same community, go to the same church. We're really part of each other's lives on a daily basis. And one of the things that our grandkids know about our house, our house is the house of a thousand soft, soft blankets. Every room in our house you would go to. I dare to say today, that if you came to my house, in my kitchen, on a chair that sits by a window, there's a softy blanket. Everywhere you go in our house, there's a softy blanket. And when our grandkids wanna take a nap, you know what they do? They want Kiki's iPad, and they want a softy blanket. And you know what that softy blanket makes them feel? Get all nestled up, it makes them feel loved and secure. What makes you feel secure? there are things that make me feel secure. Before I go to bed at night, I, 
I have a little routine with, with the dishes and the light to kind of do a little sweep of the house a little bit for my wife so when she wakes up, everything's ready when she has the kids come over. Uh, but I make sure I lock the door really, really good in the back and then I lock the laundry room door and then I make sure the garage is closed and then I lock the front door and I turn the blinds down and I check the lights and I do all these different things because I want my family to feel secure at night and I want to feel, feel secure as well. Uh, there are different things that make us feel secure. When you drive, we get in the car and we put our seatbelt on. Most, most people put their seatbelt on because they don't want to hear the ding, 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 ding. But a lot of people also put their seatbelt on because when they put their seatbelt on, if you've ever been in an accident and you felt that seatbelt hold you still during that accident or if you've taken a quick stop or a fast turn, that seatbelt makes you feel secure. Having some money in the bank during some hard times. When we used to go through snowstorms up in Philadelphia, we knew there was a snowstorm coming. The first thing we did, and this was my dad taught me years and years ago, go to the bank and take out a couple hundred dollars in case the bank closed. Now, the bank's never been closed that I know of in my lifetime. Maybe in my dad's lifetime it did. But we were taught when you were going to be snowed in or in sheltered, you have some cash in the house just in case for security. Right, and there's different things that make us feel secure in our insecure world, different insignificant things like that. But when we talk about eternal security, security in a relationship that's never gonna change, that he's never gonna leave us and never gonna forsake us, that security that we need eternally only comes through God Almighty because of his son, Jesus Christ. The Lord is our security. Here's the second thing I'll tell you this morning is the Lord is our deliverer. He's our deliverer. Look at verse number three in Psalm 91. It says this, surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers. Under his wings, you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night nor the arrows that fly by the day nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness or the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. We could trust in God's deliverance, but here's the thing about God's deliverance, church. We've got to pursue it. We've got to pursue it. I love that part of that passage where it says, underneath your wings I find shelter. We've got a little bird's nest in the corner of our house that we look at. It's right where we sit every single night uh, under this uh, shield or, or, or awning or whatever we have in our backyard. There's a little bird's nest that's in there. It's very, very interesting. I don't know too much about birds, but I guess I should talk about bird watching now that I'm getting old, right? So there's this dove, these doves that come by and they make this nest, and when they make this nest, it's interesting, we kind of watch shift change. Mom and dad do a shift change around six o'clock at night, where the dad will fly up, and I'm assuming it's not the dad coming home from work, I'm just assuming it's the dad bird, and the mom bird's there the most. So the mom bird's there, the dad bird flies over there, stands next to him, the mom bird flies away, and as soon as she flies away, the dad bird comes, kind of opens up his wings, and he pulls those baby birds in. Now you can't see those baby birds when mom bird or dad bird are there because they are safe underneath the wings of their mother or father. And that's what God wants you and I to know. In our relationship with him, we are safe and secure. Listen, when we're close to him, 
when we're close to him. When the interesting happens with these birds, when these little baby birds grow up, and it's maybe about seven feet off the ground, the mom bird, and I've seen it happen a couple different times, the mom bird or the dad bird, it's probably the dad bird because he's meaner, and the mom bird is probably a little bit more nicer than the dad bird is. But the dad bird will come, and with his wing, nudge that baby off the ledge, and every time I've seen it, it's happened about a half a dozen times, every time I've seen it, that baby bird flop, uh, drops from seven feet, boom, down to the ground. Now, I'm expecting that bird just to kind of take off halfway down and start to soar, but the bird drops. You know what the dad bird does? He jumps down and he stands with that bird. And then he nudges him along and nudges him along. Then they go to the back part of the yard for a day or two. But after a day or two, you know what happens? The dad bird flies up, starts to make his little dove noise, or whatever the dove noise is. And that little baby bird flies to the top of the fence and they fly away. Something else interesting happens after that for you bird lovers out there. Either the mom, dad, mom bird or the dad bird comes back. They dismantle the nest and it's gone. And then maybe two or three weeks later, either the same mom bird and dad bird come back and make a new nest or a different mom bird or dad bird, maybe it's their in-laws or cousins, comes back and makes a new nest and has new babies. This happens about three times a year at the exciting Trinkle Palace in Plano, Texas. And we get a kick out of that. Little Rosie, I said, when she's, when she's kind of not wanting to come to me because she's very independent, I'll say, you want to come see the birdies? Then she'll look and she, yes, I want to see the birdies. And she'll, I'll, I'll pick her up and she'll go, ooh, ooh, birds. And then she'll get down and want to run away because she's done with me. But that's an interesting thing in our house that we get to watch all the time. But I love the idea of that mom and dad bird taking care of those babies. And God wants you to know that when you're in him, when you're with him, you know when we're not safe under the arms of God? When we walk away and think we're gonna find our own way in a better place aside from God's will. We need to trust his deliverance, but here's something else, church. We need to pursue it. We need to pursue it. I talked about this last week. I talked about it the first week. I'm gonna talk about it every week probably during this series but if you need deliverance from sin, if you need deliverance from a bad relationship, if you need deliverance uh, from an, an addiction that you have, then I wanna tell you something. You, like me, like everybody else in this church, like everybody else that's watching this message today, need help. It's not weak of you to pursue help. It actually shows how strong you are. If we know somebody, and we do, we have lots and lots of friends in our lives that have gone into rehab. We have a friend right now that's in rehab that we're praying for, and we know God's doing a, a great, great work uh, in their life during this special time. They weren't weak when they pursued that. I think that was a feat of strength to admit that I need help, but I can't do this by myself. But if you need help, talk to us today. Email me today at pastor at warehousechurch.com or in, you'll see at the beginning of this or at the end of this, there'll be another email that says hello at warehousechurch.com. However you need to get a hold of us, you get in contact with me and we will get you some good counseling if there's an area in your life that you need deliverance from. You weren't meant to do it alone. God wants to walk with you through that and there are great resources out there that we can get you connected to. And I'll tell you another great resource of helping us overcome Areas in our life where we need deliverance, that's our life groups. 
One of the things that we want to see happen through our Wednesday meetings is that we can get connected to you every Wednesday night. And our Wednesday night audience is growing online. And I love that. But eventually we're going to want to, and Kim and I are going to keep that going. We love that. That's that such a great way to stay connected with our church family and encourage them on Wednesday nights. But I want to tell you something, church. Made in the likeness of God. God has emotions. We have emotions. As we've talked about this, God, who is our creator, whom we were made in the likeness of, desired and longed for relationships and community. He's a relational God. He made us in his image. We need the same thing. You weren't meant to do life alone. You weren't meant to live life on an island all by yourself. And boy, sometimes we've said, oh man, if I could only live by myself and I wouldn't have all these problems in my life, you would get a whole other set of problems from being lonely and by yourself because that's not what God intended for us to be. Listen to these verses in Psalm 18, verse two. It says, the Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and my horn of salvation and my stronghold. Psalm 34, 17, it says, the righteous cry out and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all of their troubles. You know it's great when a child starts to cry and why instinctively a child starts to cry? They're crying out when they get hurt because it hurts, but they're also crying out hoping somebody will come instinctively. They're hoping that someone will come and either meet that need or get them away from that danger or take care of that pain that they're going through. But a child is secure in their relationship with their parents when they know their parents hear their cry and will attend to them. Now, sometimes they use that, right? A little too much and they can get spoiled and we have to be very careful of that. But we also know that when we cry out to God, he hears us. The Bible tells us that, he, that we're supposed to cast all of our cares upon him because he cares for us. He's listening. He will answer your prayers. He will be a part of your life. He'll never leave you or forsake you. He cares about you. He's your deliverer, but he wants you to put your faith and trust in him, not only for your eternal life, but for your today. He's your deliverer. And I love this, this next one we're gonna talk about here is the Lord is our dwelling place. The Lord is our dwelling place. In verse number nine, it says, if you say the Lord is my refuge and you make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra and you will trample the great lion and the serpent. The Lord is our dwelling place. We need to trust in the safety that we have when we are in the presence of the Most High. We need to trust in his presence. We need to trust in his promises. When he said he would never leave us or forsake us and then we cry out, God, why aren't you there? Why do I feel so lonely? It's not because he left us. My dear friends, it's because sometimes we turn our back on him and do things that maybe he wouldn't want us to do, but he's there. Psalm 90, one and two, it says, Lord, you have been our dwelling place through all generations. He's faithful. He's never gonna leave us. He's never gonna forsake us. Before the mountains were born, or you brought forth the whole world from everlasting to everlasting, before everything was created, it says here in Psalm 90, in verse number two, you are our God, and we can put our faith and trust in him. He is our dwelling place. 
I like that idea of dwelling place. Because I think a lot of people, I don't know, not everybody feels this way. But if you were to ask my wife where her favorite place to be in the whole world is, and we've been blessed. We've been able to travel on missions trips, youth camps that we were able to do in Europe. We've been all over the world as a missionary. God has really blessed us and given us great opportunities to be everywhere, had just great times together throughout our life. But if you ask my wife, Kim Trinkle, today, where her favorite place is, you know what she's going to tell you? Home. She feels most safe, most safety, and most comfort in the surroundings of our home. And it's not our stuff that makes her feel safe. It's just that's our family dwelling place. That's where we do life together. And the Lord wants you to feel that kind of safety. And here's what's important, church, in your relationship with him. The Lord is our dwelling place. The Lord is faithful, it tells us in verse number 14. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. If you acknowledge God's name, the Bible says he will protect you. He will call on me, and I will answer him. I will be uh, with him when I'm in trouble. I will deliver and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him. And God says, show us his salvation. The Lord is faithful, and we need to trust in his faithfulness. 1 Thessalonians 5.24 says, the one who calls you to be faithful, the one who expects us to be faithful, the one that teaches us to be faithful, the Bible says this, he will also do it. We can learn how to be faithful to God by watching and observing and acknowledging his faithfulness to us, his children. So I want you to think about these things this morning, okay, as we close this up today. How do we replace, how can we replace fear with faith? Well, first we understand the Lord is our security. He's our deliverer. He's our dwelling place and he is faithful. But I want you to make this personal today. I want to, I want to ask you a couple questions before we pray. What, be honest with yourself. You don't have to write this in the bar. You can if you want to. We would invite you to comment. Please do if you feel comfortable to do this. But what are some of the fears that you're struggling with today? Is it relationship fears? Is it loneliness fears? Is it addiction fears? Is it fears of all the crazy stuff? We had one of our ladies that works for our church tell us last week, she's afraid. She's an African-American woman, beautiful, awesome, young, dynamic, smart young lady. And she was talking about being afraid to walk out even on the street because of all this unrest that's been in our country the past few weeks? What are some fears that you experience in your life? And then ask yourself this question and be honest with yourself and be honest with God. What is the source of that fear? Are you afraid because of what other people will do to you? One of the things, I I had a counselor, I was talking to a counselor a couple weeks ago and I highly recommend talking to a counselor because I do, because I need it just like you need it in your life. But that counselor asked me, what is the thing you're most afraid of? And I said, I'll tell you, I know what I'm most afraid of. I'm most afraid of failure. I don't want to let God down. I don't want to let my wife down. I don't want to let my kids down. I don't want to let my grandkids down. That's my why for my life to be faithful or those things. And that's what I'm afraid of the most. It's something that I would do that would cause them hurt or cause them pain. The source of that fear is is knowing my own um, weaknesses 
and they're ever before all of us, the Bible tells us. Do you have somebody in your life, the third question, do you have somebody in your life that's helping you to navigate through some of these fears that can help you um, get victory, get strength, get encouragement, give you the right tools to overcome some of those fears? You're not wrong for experiencing the feeling of fear. But the Bible wants us to know when we are weak, he is strong. When we struggle, he wants us to reach out and take a hold of him. He never will leave us or forsake us, but he wants us to put our faith and trust in him. And here's the last question before we pray. Do you know anybody that's struggling with fear in their life? Reach out, encourage them, pray for them, but don't just pray and go away. Pray and stay. You follow up with that. You get involved. You stay connected to their life. Listen, lives are messy. My life is messy. Your life is messy. But I know you'll be an encouragement to somebody if you really reach out with true care. And don't give them all the answers. Just be there and listen to them. And when they talk to you, if you can help them, help them through that fear. If it's, if it's kind of beyond your pay grade to help them in that area of their life or their fear, walk them to the place. Bring them to the church so we can talk to them or reach out to us so we can have a conversation and maybe help diagnose a path to help them with that fear in their life. The Bible tells us, and we heard this the first week, the very first week of quarantine. Boy, it was all over Facebook. Every church, every Christian uh, wrote this out and said it over and over and over again. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So if the Bible says that God did not give us the spirit of fear, is it wrong for us to be afraid? No, it's not wrong to be afraid. It's not wrong to have fear. It is wrong to pursue healing that fear outside of your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Put your faith and trust in him. That doesn't mean everything's gonna be perfect tomorrow when you surrender it all to him. But you'll learn in the safety of that relationship under his wings, you'll learn in the safety of that relationship that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. I hope this encourages you today. But I'd like to pray for you. Again, if there's an area in your life that you're not comfortable talking about in the comment bar today that you have a fear of in your life, reach out to me at pastor at warehousechurch.com and we will help you. We will do everything we can to get you the help that you need this week to overcome some of those fears in your life. But the number one fear that I want to encourage you to ask God to help you to overcome today is the fear of whether or not your relationship in him is secure. Do you know him as your personal savior? Have you ever prayed and asked God to forgive you of your sins and come into your life? You can do that with me today. Put your faith and trust in him by talking to him, by believing in him. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So would you pray with me today and invite Jesus to come into your life? And I'm gonna show you how to do that prayer. And then I'm gonna pray for everybody watching today that God would give us the spirit, uh, uh, the, the power of love and of a sound mind in all of our lives when it comes to our fear. But if you need to know Christ, pray with me today. Just say this. Bow your heads and close your eyes and say this prayer to the Lord. Just say, dear Father in heaven, 
You say that to him right in the quietness of your living room, wherever you're watching this today. Say, dear Father in heaven, I believe that you love me and I believe that you sent Jesus to this earth so that I could have a relationship with you. Would you forgive me of my sins and come into my life? I believe that Jesus died and rose again so that I could be secure in you. Will you save me today and help me to live for you? And then you just close that prayer off. Just say this, in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer with us today, would you just, in the comment bar, just give us a thumbs up and we'll remember you as you're watching this today. But I wanna pray for everyone today that's going through a difficult time and maybe has more fear than they should and their fear is controlling them, that we, that we today can trust that God is faithful, that he is our dwelling place, that he's our deliverer and that we can be secure in our relationship with him. Let me pray for you as we close this out today. Father in heaven, in the name of Jesus, we ask you today to heal broken hearts, to deliver captives, to give us the security that we need in our relationship with you. God, it feels all around us in the safetyness of the greatest country in the world that we believe is, Lord, that there's so much turmoil, but the truth is uh, that's only 5% of the world's population in the United States of America. We're experiencing in our country fears and sadness and unprecedented deaths frankly, the way that most of the rest of the world lives, it's in a third world country. But Father, we've learned that as great as our country is, we can't put our full faith for our life and our security in our government. And I'm not saying that in a disrespectful way. What we need in, to, to, to secure our safety and to secure our lives and to secure our heart to have faith over fear is to put that in our relationship with you. I thank you that you love us. I thank you that you'll never leave us or forsake us. I thank you that, that you will be there with us even when we're going through the darkest valleys. But I also thank you, Lord, that, that is, as, as fickle and as uh, feeble-minded as we can be someday, Lord, that you never walk away from us. Lord, for anybody that's watching with us today that's experiencing uh, fear in their life in different areas, I pray that you would comfort them, that they would see your faithfulness and put their trust in you. Thank you for friends today that prayed and invited you to be their savior. Help them to understand the security of that relationship today, whether today was the day that they invited Jesus in their heart or they've been saved for years and years and years. Help us to feel secure in our relationship with you today. We know we all have fear. We acknowledge that fear, but we submit and surrender that fear to you today. We love you and we thank you. And we say all this in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, amen. Hey, if you agree with what we said today, are you encouraged by that? Just type amen in the comment bar. Let us know you're there. Say hi to other people that are in this thread today. You can be an encouragement to them also. If you see somebody you know, give them a little shout out and say hi. Church, we hope that you'll stay connected uh, through our um, online presence as, um, as we continue through 
the hopefully the back end of this quarantine and pandemic time. We're praying for our country and the, and, the, and, and the health and the safety of everybody around us. But we want you to feel loved and connected by our church. We love you, church. If we can help you, pray for you, or do anything to, to, to be an encouragement to you, again, email me at pastor at warehousechurch.com or hello at warehousechurch.com, and we will get the, the help and the encouragement and even the prayer that you may need throughout your week. Guys, sign up for Warrior Conference today, www.warriorconference.com. You'll see it across the bottom of the thread right here. We want to get our guys connected in the church as we are starting to come out of this pandemic. We're going to come together, pray together, be safe together, spread apart as much as necessary. But we're going to see God do something great in this place uh, in all of our lives. Hey, church, we love you. And I look forward to talking to you uh, this evening. I'm going to jump on at 6 o'clock tonight, 6 p.m. tonight, and then again on 7 o'clock on Wednesday night. I hope you'll tune in. We're going to download a little bit of today, talk about our new memory verse this week, and then encourage you about what's going to happen on Wednesday night. Stay connected. We love you. We look forward to hearing back from you. We hope you have a great, great, great week this week. God bless you, Warehouse Church.